The glory days are here to say the 80s horror show. Take a stroll down memory's lane, it's time to start the show. The Gory Days, the Gory Days, the Gory Days, the Gory Days. Welcome to The Gory Days, the show where we take a stroll down memory slain to remember our favorite horror films from the 1980s and early 1990s. I'm your host once again for another week, Kyle Leone here, to talk to you about a fantastic movie from 1996, Wes Craven's seminal film, Scream, that deconstructed the horror genre for which I am a huge fan. This podcast is a love letter to horror movies from the 80s and 90s, and this movie is, I can't tell if it's a condemnation letter or another love letter. It feels a lot like uh, Cabin in the Woods, but we'll get into all of that in a sec. My guests today are a comedy duo. Most recently, well, I We'll get into where they're from and all of that, but most recently they've created an exciting new web series called The Lost Girls, which follows a group of young women who are going through growing pains when it comes to being an adult. And their new horror feature film, Getaway, is receiving a huge amount of press and buzz online. No more than right here on this podcast. Please welcome to the Gory Days comedy duo, Georgie Stormweight and Steph Beaton. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much. Oh my goodness, thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, this is the first time meeting, but uh, we met through a friend of the podcast, Paris Herbert Taylor, who's another Australian, and you are both also from Australia? Correct. We both are. Yeah. Yes, I'm from Brisbane, and I'm from Melbourne. Okay, but you didn't meet in Australia, did you? Did you you move down here together? I mean, I read your bio before our listeners just <laughs> You started in Australia and when did you move out here? I guess do you want to go first, George? Yeah, sure. So, um I moved out here about 3 years ago and um I came over to LA because I got into this academy. It's like an acting academy. And that's how I met Steph. That was the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Correct. Yeah. Pow, pow, pow. I did my homework. <laughs> <laughs> is that the fight song or a tagline for it? Yeah, okay. yeah pretty much. Very pretty cool. Much, yeah. Sounds like an air horn. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> How did you end up there? Um, I also got into it. I was living in London at the time, oh. and then I yeah got into the school and <laughs> made the move over. I was the year above Georgie, so I guess a bit better. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you reckon. Okay, well. It's yeah. How long were you in London before this? I was in London for like two and a half years. Okay. And then, yeah, I moved over here. I worked at a, a bakery doing cake decorating. Okay. Why not, you know? That's very cool. <laughs> Test your limits. And it's, it's actually funny because I lived in London as well, so I feel like we should have crossed paths at some point. No kidding. It's one of those things when you move country, you Maybe tend to bump into so many Australians. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Well, if you didn't go to any bakeries, I I guess. What were you doing while yeah. she was baking? Um, <laughs> Where were you? Yeah, well, look, I used to work in production, so I actually um, was part of the production team on a reality series Ooh. in London. Okay. Yeah. So what, what was it called? It's called Made in Chelsea. I don't know why I asked. I just, <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to be polite. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that was your first job in the industry? Yeah, it was. And that was kind of like where I got the taste of kind of being close to what I really wanted to do, which is acting, oh, okay. um, but still being on set and being involved in production. And yeah, it was the, it was such a great um, introduction into the industry. So your first intro into the industry was London. How did you get that job? It was bizarre. So I used to work in marketing and I just, it just didn't feel quite right. And so I took the leap and decided to get into TV. 
and there was an entry level job basically kind of like a PA but they call it a runner over there okay and I applied for the um, application and I knew that there'd be like hundreds of people trying to get this job because it's a really huge show over there sure. and um, basically I met someone at a party that following weekend who used to be a producer on the show. That's how it happens. And yes, it is. And so she put me in touch with the guy who was like head of HR there. And then, um, yeah, I got in and worked my way up. So That's amazing. Yeah, the rest the, is history. Uh, so is your family still in Australia or were they in London too? Well, so I've got an older sister and a younger brother and they both live in London. Oh, okay. So, but mum and dad are still in Australia. So it's, you know, sure. ev- everyone's everywhere. But um yeah, it was great having that family base over there when I moved over. And then you know. finally, when did you, not like year when, but when, yeah. at one point at your production job, mm-hmm. did you decide, well, I need to get to LA. I need yeah. to move to America. Well, this is the crazy thing is the show that I was working on, it, we brought the cast over to LA to film a mini series for two months. Okay. Yeah. And after two weeks of being in LA, I just fell in love with the city. But I hadn't really thought about the opportunity to move over here and let alone do acting at this point. But I went back to London with the show and then they actually sent me to Australia to do some casting. And so I had decided to kind of move back to Australia anyway at that point and wanted to get back into acting, just, you know, maybe a theatre company on the side. And then I was just searching for theatre groups back in Melbourne, Australia. And is there a big theatre scene there? Yeah, there is definitely, and especially for classes and mm-hmm. you know on stage. I wouldn't say there's also film as well, but it's the industry isn't huge there. Okay, it's more theatre. Exactly. Um, and this ad for this academy popped up, and it was in LA. It was a two-year course. It had you know a lot of great um, alumni who'd been through and. I thought, look, this is actually what I've always wanted to do. And I took the leap and, um, yeah, it all paid off. So That's I got amazing. Yeah. Are your family in industry too? Uh, no, but there's always, like, my ancestry. Yeah, it's, go back. Say okay, you one celeb. Okay. All right. <laughs> so um, my great, great, great grandfather, his name it was Joseph Jefferson. Okay. And he was actually one of the most famous American comedians of the 19th century. Really? Yeah. And I'm embarrassed I haven't heard of no, him. No, that's okay. I that's okay. That. <laughs> I have not either. Okay, good. <laughs> and basically, it's always... And then um, other family members were kind of like um, vaudevillians, so performers, and they even got a medal from like the King of Siam. For being funny? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I know, I didn't right? know they give medals for yeah. that. <laughs> They should, yeah. you know, like we need to bring that back in. Get yourself a silly heart. <laughs> yeah, that's so, the I'm hearing. So, <laughs> so your great, 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 great grandfather yeah. was a comedy, a, a comedy icon yes. in the 19th century. In America. In America. Yeah. Won medals for his bravery. Yes. And this trickled down to you. Yes. Uh, and you finding yourself in the comedy genre by choice or is yeah. this like... Well, yeah, I mean, I love both comedy and drama. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, I've just been drawn to it recently. I think more so as well, like with Steph, you know, we found a connection over writing and mm-hmm. she's very involved in comedy. And so it, just having that collaboration with comedy is, is just so much fun. Um, and it just, I don't know, with comedy, you kind of, it creates this like world. Um, yeah. It really does. Like we've been writing scripts and producing them and, you know, performing comedy. And it's just, 
I don't know. It's just, if it gives you that much joy, it's kind of like, why not keep doing it? That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, Steph, you've been so patient sitting here while Georgie just chatters on. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> no, not sorry. Just chatting. <laughs> you were baking in London. At what time did you decide to make a transition? Um, I mean, I, God. Do you still bake? I occasionally, okay. I don't know. I definitely not wasn't. Not on a professional level. Not on a professional <laughs> level by any means. No, I, um. I don't know. I, I loved working at the bakery. There was so many... I always loved comedy. So, like, okay. it, I was always very observational, just, like, seeing these characters come in and out, like, a constant source of inspiration. So I would always be taking notes in my phone, and I was like, I don't know when I'm going to use this one day, but, like, this is all going to come to fruition eventually. Um, did you do anything in high school? Like, uh, I saw you had an improv background. Did oh, you do yeah. anything like that? And- yeah, we did, like, theater sports. So, sure. like, we, like, compete, like, improv games, which was very fun. But, like... Just a low-key insight. In Brisbane, the high school, like, competition is rigged. Like, what? it's the tea. What? There it is. Hot and piping. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. Um, all the private schools. Like, Shots kind of, fired. Yeah, I'll say it. I hope they hear this. Um, but, they might. Yeah. I was surprised when I had uh, Paris on, my uh, listening, like, shifted from mostly Austra- or from mostly American to now mostly Australian. Well, there you go. That's so cool. the tea. Sorry, um, I interrupted you. Go no, 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 no. Um, but, yeah, that's where I kind of, like, started getting into improv in particular and then once I moved to the UK I did like a little bit of stand-up while I did like baking and such but it was very low-key okay um, like sp- open mics yeah okay. yeah yeah it was very like literally underneath pubs like that just still takes bravery good for you <laughs> yeah but very scary and like <laughs> even more characters there to be quite honest but anyway um I did that for like two years and then I was like I'm actually gonna study this I'm gonna do it that's what I want to study and then I Auditioned for a bunch of schools there. I got into a couple, but then... Wow, nice. Yeah, but my my dream school was, like, my worst audition of my life. Oh. Like, <sighs> complete blank. Like, I've never blanked in my life before. Oh. But I stood up there in a room with six other people who were also trying to get into the school, plus the panel, and I just blanked. Oh. And I was like, do you mind if I just go and look at my favorite? And they're like, no. <gasps> oh, my God. And I was like, okay, so I'm just going to stand up here for a minute, and then I'll sit down. That's um, a sketch. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Um, I lived through it, and then I walked out of there, and I was like, well, I've got nothing to lose now. And then I happened to get an email pop up about this school in the U.S. The same day? Literally the same day, and I'd never thought about moving to the U.S. Like, literally growing up, my mom was like, Steph, we're never going to the U.S. Oh, just because, okay. you know, no like... No offense. No, <laughs> no, but, like, I don't know. I'm sure... <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sure, like, y'all know there's, like, certain things in the U.S. that, like, we don't have, like, guns or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was something my mom very heavily was like, no, we're never going to the U.S. Like, That's fascinating. You know, mm. which is, it's great. It's interesting. But anyway, I was like, whatever, okay, I'll audition. And then I had the best audition of my life, like, a week later and got in. And that took me over here. And then come to find out... Not all Americans are, du- like, gun-toting. Like, no. how they are. Enough you know? of them are, unfortunately. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, no, it, it was a huge life change and something I never, never expected to do. So did you have a place to live when you came out here? Um, I was kind of, through the school, they helped me find a place to live. Oh, nice. um, But it was very overpriced, <laughs> I will say. Um, was it in the city, in downtown? No, it was literally, like, okay, my first address was on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, no. So, wow. like, hell 101. Um, I guess that could be fun for your first time, but yeah. it would get old quick. Absolutely. Like, day one, I popped out of my apartment. My new roommate hadn't moved in yet, and I was like, 
I'm gonna walk down Hollywood Boulevard oh and just like stare at the stars and be like, wow, I can't believe, think of everyone who's come before me. And then like cut to find out like it's just people in costumes. Like <laughs> it's just And don't forget whole... the CDs they're trying to pull Oh, yes. oh never I forget. Yes. I, it's just, I can't. And every... I fell for that first time I came to Same. Hollywood. Absolutely. Same. And every time since my friends have come to visit, that's the first thing they want to do. And I'm like, we're not going. Like, no. I will pay for your <laughs> yeah. lift. You can go. Yeah. I'm not going. Yeah, like... you can drive through it at exactly. one mile an hour. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but then that's that's what brought me over here. And then, yeah, the school I met, day one, I met my comedy, uh, other comedy writing partner, Devin Sholin. Oh, what and, a we, we started writing sketches together. Like, we did our first sketch together within the first month of knowing each other, like, live. Oh, wow. And it was That's just... That's a big production turnaround. Yeah, and it was just... I don't know. It was... When you meet your people to write with, it's easy, you yeah. know? It's just like... It's like dating. Yeah, it's, you, you truly. And it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's been, you know, it's been the same with George. Like, as soon as we started hanging out and just bidding off each other it was like as easy as breathing oh you beat me to the segue (laughs) (laughs) so you're at the american academy of dramatic arts Mm -hmm. are you taking a class together or do you get cast in something no i so um steph was the year above me and she was doing like the additional third year program okay and i happened to be asked to be a stage manager for her play (laughs) that she was in and so that was really when we first started and it was literally like this play one of the most the Mm. most phenomenal play i think i've ever had the opportunity to do was it a comedy yeah it was a dark comedy called dolores by edward allen baker and like it's it's two women who play sisters it's a very dark comedy, absolutely incredible. We were directed by Sandy Martin, who just did three billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, I, that name sounded familiar. Yeah, Fantastic. like Napoleon Dynamite. She's incredible, the best, best director I've ever worked with. But Is it just the two women? Just mm-hmm. the two women. For the whole play? Wow. For the whole play, yeah. It's just a, just a one act, and mm-hmm. George awesome. was our stage manager. And then all three of us, like me, the girl who played across from me, Claire Fazolari, and... Georgia, uh, yeah, right. Are <laughs> uh, all Australian, so it was just like we were all Australian, and me and Claire had to play um, two women from Rhode Island. So it was just a really, yeah, really great, great experience. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I imagine that there's like Paris has told me there's this uh, web of Australians in yes. uh, LA that all have mm-hmm. to like keep in touch. And uh, mm-hmm. are you connected to that in any way, or are you trying to keep yourselves? Uh, insulated. Well, I am quite connected to that. I actually volunteer with this um, company called Australians in Film. Ah. And it's a community in LA that supports all the Aussies who are kind of, you know, trying to make it. And they do lots of community events. I was at one um, last Monday and it was kind of helping actors to learn about social media and what we should be doing to kind of help our profile. Oh, that's great. And then we had a showing of like Men in Black the other night because cool. Chris Hemsworth's in ah. it. So. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so Aussies supporting Aussies, yeah. you know. But And it's one of those things that you just kind of fall into hanging out with other Australians um, because they've had to go through similar processes with you, whether it's like you know, getting your visa or even just like little things like finding a bank to join. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just nice to be able to talk to somebody exactly. who has a shared experience. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah. Just like anything. So uh, when did you two decide like, uh, we're going to start writing something together? You were stage manager. You were mm-hmm. uh, acting in the show. Yeah. Did you go to coffee? Did you, uh, how did it end up? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so we had both been asked 
to... I literally don't know what you're about to say. (laughs) (laughs) Steph is looking at George. like, what is she saying? And George is looking to co-sign. Yeah, remember that night we got drunk? No, it wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. We both got asked to um, be part of this short film called Headcase. Ah. Yes. Yes. True. Where we actually, funnily enough, played sisters. Oh, is that the, the one film. that was nominated for the People's Choice Award for Best Featured Short at the Indie Flick Short Film Festival? Yes, it was. Oh. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. I'm, I'm glad you knew that. <laughs> Common fact. Yes. No, it's you know. really impressive. Uh, what, what's the log line for Headcase? God. Um, I mean, it's, it's one woman, Pam, having, she's a therapist, having to help all of her kind of deranged clients mm-hmm. and the people in her personal life. And we just happen to be two of the clients yeah. okay. that she unfortunately has to deal with. Yes. Sisters. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Exactly. Sisters who think they're identical twins. <laughs> well, you I think do. we're identical. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that was your first time working together, like one on one. And was that in London? No, no, that was here in LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we just, a friend of ours who also went to the academy where we studied, he was actually the one who. I guess suggested us to um, the director, okay, and then brought us on. And ever since then, we've kind of done a lot of work with him, our friend who brought us onto the project, um, the DP who was mm-hmm. working on that as well, and yeah. yeah, and yeah. Since then, we once we just saw how easy it was for us to work together and how easy it was to work with this particular team, it was just like why? I mean, every young actor knows how hard it is to go and how draining it is to go through like backstage audition you know all these different Mm -hmm. auditions back to back and then you almost get to a point where you're like I'm not that I'm worth more than this but I want something more stimulating and damn it I'm gonna write it myself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's kind of where we got to and it was like I don't know once we sat down and we're like what roles do we want for us and like particularly we've been working with a lot of our women friends who are just phenomenal performers Mm -hmm. um it was just like what parts can we write for these women that are not being told and let's just damn well do it. Yeah. You know? And so how are you doing that now? What do you have coming down the pike? Um, I of course know, but <laughs> God. Um, I mean get You've a- got this new horror film. Yeah, yeah, Getaway is my baby. Yeah. I love it so much. I wrote it with my writing partner, Devin Sholin, and of course we wrote a part for Georgie because mm-hmm. she's the best. Um, but it's basically just a cabin in the woods type feature we wanted to have it that slasher vibe that would be get people especially horror fanatics that nostalgic feel but also bringing in the elements of the paranormal specifically in reference to the momo challenge that went around Um, we're kind of taking that and spinning it and making our own to make kind of like a mazubaru which means like mother bird and yeah take a lot of that concept but make it our own interesting yeah a new new Slasher slash mm. paranormal. So yeah, I guess pivoting now to horror. Then mm-hmm. uh, you have you're knee deep in comedy. How do you mm-hmm. find yourselves uh, in a horror uh, genre now? <laughs> well, I have always loved horror. Awesome, and, me too. Oh god, I'm just obsessed with it. I remember the days like I had a best friend back home called Jay Barker. Shout out Jay Barker. <laughs> um, but he used to work at a Civic Video, which is basically like a blockbuster and. I have so many memories of going for like slumbies over at his house and just being like, okay, let's go to the video store. Let's pick out all these. And he would always have ones reserved for me being like, you have to watch this. You have to watch this. Like of horror movies. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And 
I don't know, I always loved horror, but my natural inclination was comedy. So I don't know, I've met a lot of comedic people who are the same way. And even especially now, not to compare by any means, but like Jordan Peele, mm -hmm. he's producing these horrors now and they're incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think it just comes down to timing, yeah. you know? Like you need timing for comedy, you need timing for horror. So Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's why they kind of go hand in hand. And in my opinion, uh, that movie is so effective in its comedy. I mean, it's so effective in its horror because of its comedy. Absolutely. Is that those moments of levity with the, the exactly. TSA agent yes. yeah, make give way for that deep, exactly. deep horror that comes yeah. later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's something that I hadn't thought about. That like for Scream, it, 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 it is uh, uh, like, uh, what am I thinking? Like a backlash effect or yes. whatever mm -hmm. that like when you have something comedic then it makes way for more uh, humor exactly. um so uh how did what's this movie about can you talk about it i mean it's making the festival circuit i guess well we're just in um we're about to start filming it like we oh, filmed, we oh, filmed oh, oh. no we filmed the we filmed the trailer um and we're really excited about that and it's just had a bunch of investor meetings which is really really exciting and um, I believe we're set to start filming in September. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of getting the final details together. Um, yeah, just I'm I'm so excited to start doing it. You know, it's my first feature I've ever written or co-written um, with Devin Cholin. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it's just become such like a culmination of everything what that I love about horror and comedy because these characters, their dialogue is. Mm -hmm. so witty yeah. and I'm so proud of it but like when the horror hits it's just it just hits you in the face and mm -hmm. just going from experience of every horror film that I grew up loving I just I really hope it's done it justice because they were that's what like inspired me to do this and that is what has almost like set the tone of what I want to aspire to be at and this film feels like a way to be able to Pay homage. Is that mm -hmm. how you say that yeah. word? Homage. Yeah. <laughs> um, to <laughs> to that, because you know they meant a lot to me, and they really like. Uh, there would be so many times where you'd be having like a. Can I cuss on this? Yes. Yeah. Go oh, ahead. Having, like, <laughs> of course a you can fucking cuss. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you look at me? When I, don't you... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, George. I just I did. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, you'd be having like a shit day, and I'd come home and like put on a horror, and suddenly you care about these characters, and you're like. You want them to survive, and I don't know, like, not to get too deep, but it's like, if they can survive, I'll bloody survive. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, even if it's just someone said something shitty to you at work, yeah. like, no, I'll get I, through this. That's what know? I love about horror, yeah. is the themes that it explores are much deeper. I mean, a comedy can explore, like, you know, the, the comedic elements of, like, tag. How long can a game of tag go? Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. how much will three friends sacrifice to find their friend who <laughs> drunk. was drunk yeah. on the roof, yes. of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But horror is more like, how, how much, like, flesh is a father willing to lose to exactly. save his family or like yeah. how much is a, a child willing to sacrifice to save their mom or something yes. it's like yeah. those yeah. kinds of themes are what mm -hmm. like horror can dig into and totally. your passion's infectious yeah. Uh, yeah who do you play in this film without so, spoiling anything um so i kind of play um britney and she's kind of the mom of the group okay trying to like get everyone together and make sure everyone's having a great time because there's such a mix of personalities um so she's kind of trying to balance all that out and be yeah like the kind of caretaker of the group um, I'm not going to give away too much sure. about her death, but... No spoilers. How dare you? How dare What if I just started, like, beating you up here right now? No, we won't blow up the spot. We won't no, give too much away. No. But, but when it comes out, I definitely want to boost that signal. That's yeah, really exciting. Totally. Um, and then uh, individually, so Steph, you star in a series called Dredgewood? Yes. Oh, my goodness. 
the same guy who like originally got us into um, Headcase also happened to be working on this series called Dredgewood. And um, I literally just saw the application on Backstage and it said like a kind of show that's a mix between Riverdale and like Stranger Things, that kind of vibe, looking for jocks and cheerleaders. And me in my mind was like, I'm not either of those things, but I'm going to be in this show. So I sent out this little like long cover letter being like, hey, I'm not a jock. I'm not a cheerleader. I love the vibe of Riverdale and I am a hoe for Stranger Things. <laughs> so um, in, real, in all realness, if you need a barb, I will be your barb. I will go above and beyond like... <laughs> If you want a barb that's iconic, I will be that iconic bitch. And I sent it off. I was like, no fucks given. All <laughs> send it off to the world. Cold? Cold. And he just sent he sent me a message, like, because he just had my number. And he texted me. He was like, hey, um, they loved your cover letter so much. They, they're writing a part for you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, that's, <laughs> that's so fun. amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, um The risk yeah. paid off. Yeah. yeah, really. And so now I play Marge Williams on Dredgewood. Um, that's also we've just started doing all the um, the trailer and concept stuff, and they were just pitched to Amazon like maybe like a like a month ago, I oh, think. How and they were really excited about it, and we've got some really cool people looking to invest in it, which is really really exciting. And yeah, I just play like a lovable dork in the first season, but then she kind of develops into something a little bit more mm. mystical. Is this like more limited six episodes or is this full ten? Um, I believe it's uh, six for the pilot, but I think it's around ten for the next, if hopefully, four to five seasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, that's exciting. Yeah, that's yeah, really, really exciting. Cool. Yeah. And then you also host an improv night in Hollywood. Tell me about that. <laughs> I do. Um, with my uh, comedy writing partner, Devin Sholin, uh, we host a live sketch and improv show called Fair Play at okay. the Loft Ensemble in Sherman Oaks. Very cool. Uh, well, actually, it just moved to North Hollywood. Oh, Whoa, yeah. like literally like yeah. last week. <laughs> um, but yeah, we ever since we started doing uh, sketch together, which is where we found our love as much as we love improv, um, we just thought, well, like we don't want to wait. <laughs> Once again, we don't want to wait for opportunities to come up. Like we're just going to host a show and we are part of this theater company and we presented it to them that we wanted to do it and they were like yeah like we have a position for a, a late night show if you guys want to do it and we've been doing it for like like eight months now so it's still pretty fresh but I feel like we've moved out all the kinks that come up in hosting and producing a, sh a show specifically comedy um but yeah it's just it's such a fun night we're always we're always looking for performers if you want to get in contact <laughs> that's um, twice now you've mentioned not wanting to wait for the good opportunity to mm -hmm. come knocking on your door instead mm -hmm. that you have to manifest it Definitely. and I think that's so I was reading an article uh, in Variety about Elizabeth Banks production mm -hmm. company and how she was frustrated in the roles that she was getting in like 40 year old virgin and Zach and Miri make a yeah. porno and all these things so now she's made her production company with her husband and she's directed and written this movie and it seems like that's how you do it. Uh, yeah, totally. Is yeah. that once you get to a point where you're lucky enough that you have a group of collaborators mm -hmm. that you trust, then you should just be making the thing that you want to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, Georgie, moving back over to you, you were on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yeah. So um, this was... That's it, awesome. Yeah. It was so much fun. And I played... Um, it's this crazy story, but I played her... 
uh, double on the show. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I don't know what. Like a stand-in, or yeah, kind. Well, no, because basically in this particular um, episode and series, she kind of does like a flash forward to her future, and she's in the room seeing her future happen. Okay. So it was kind of like I had to play opposite her. Yes, yeah, so you were the back of her head. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very cool. Yeah. So that Very was cool. really fun, and it was great being on such a big production, mm. um, and with so many talented actors, and a lot of the time I actually acted with the. Um, other supporting actors because uh, Rachel wasn't um, she wasn't feeling too well right. in that particular um, time. That's the best thing you want to hear. Yes, right? I know, I know. It was amazing. I was like, oh yes, I no can offense finally. to her, but yeah, when she gets sick, it's your time to exactly, shine. Exactly, exactly. So that was wonderful. I had a great time, and it was actually literally on the last episode of the entire show. Oh, the series finale? Yeah, the series finale. So I guess that makes sense for why there would be a time forward. Yes, exactly, forward. exactly. Kind of like they did on um, Parks and Rec in the last yes. few seasons. Yeah. Oh, I miss that show so Yeah, me too. <laughs> but look what it did for all those actors. Exactly. Aziz Ansari got to oh. do his wonderful thing. Yes. <laughs> Chris Pratt is in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's amazing. Yeah, legend. Amy Poehler yeah. just directed, uh, wrote and directed Wine, wine, tr- wine, wine Country. Wine Country, yeah, yeah. which is hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That group yeah. of women to like, oh, oh that would be God. ideal. The one, if we like, could do Prince something Fit, like that. That like, what's her name? Maya, Maya, Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. So oh great. my God. Mm-hmm. That Prince her. fit. Me and my roommate were like, I'm sorry, but I feel like we've had this literal conversation. <laughs> like, deceased. Those women. That's yes. the thing. Like when you see these groups of women coming together mm-hmm. and they're literally just doing such natural dialogue. It's like, first of all. I know some of that is improv because that's where the best shit comes from. But like when you just have that lifelong chemistry Mm -hmm. and I'm like, not to have a premonition, but I feel like me and George (laughs) and the group of gals, yeah, (laughs) the gals we've got in our lives and the incredible men are just phenomenal. And Mm -hmm. I'm so, so lucky we have them in. Like Mm -hmm. I'm so happy. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. So then why Scream? What made you want to bring Scream to the gory days? I think (laughs) Scream is probably my absolute favorite horror movie okay i love the campness i love (laughs) i love the mix of comedy and like the slasher like i Mm. love it i love the style i Mm. i you i fell in love with these characters and i cared for them Mm -hmm. and when they died i was devastated (laughs) (laughs) you love nev campbell too much yes i do well actually she doesn't go well (laughs) no Spoiler. Spoiler. Um, but no, like, oh my God. The deaths are iconic. Mm-hmm. They're ridiculous. Like, some yeah. of them are ridiculous. Like, they the are. one with the, the garage. The elevator yes. Yes. Are the, the kidding garage. Me? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's just, I love yeah. it. I even, you know, just the group, the group mm-hmm. of teenagers. Group, it seems yeah. so simple, so innocent. You have all your specific types, yeah. but then, like. And then you've got, you know, the news reporter and, oh, like, Gail the incompetent cop. Oh, yeah, I love her too. Courtney Cox. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, killed it. it. Oh, yeah. my God. Her yeah. outfits throughout the whole. <gasps> yes! <laughs> I love her yellow suit. Yeah. Oh, I'm just upset. Like, I can't. And her hair iconic. at the end when she's all roughed yeah. up. Oh, she looks everything. so good. Even the first scene, like, Drew Barrymore, the yes. iconic scene. Oh. Like, it's just iconic, mm. and that's why, like, when George was like, mm. "Yeah, we need to do- talk about a horror film," I'm like, "Scream!" Scream! Like, <laughs> do you remember when you yeah. first saw it? Did you oh. see it in theaters? Do you think? Or no, I but <sighs> I saw it. I must have been at, at my friend Jay's house. Yeah, oh, I feel like yeah. yeah. One of our I was having a sleepover. Oh, I have. That's this. interesting. You call it sleepover, but you call it slumby. It seems like one of you have made a little bit more of an adapt. Wow, well, Georgie, let's that out. <laughs> oh, What's the first meal of the day? Brekkie. Yeah, Brecky. Brecky, not breakfast. Yeah. No, oh, okay. no, no. <laughs> yeah, well, there well, you are, Georgie, look. now being authentic. 
<laughs> well, when we come back, we'll be talking all about the 1996 classic Scream by Wes Craven. When we come back, more The Gory Days, more Steph, more Georgie. When we come back, The Gory Days. Welcome back to The Gory Days. Kyle Leone here, Steph Beaton, and Georgie Storm. Wait, got it. And today we're talking about Scream, 1996, uh, Wes Craven's movie. Um, so yeah, when I, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie, but I almost guarantee that I saw Scary Movie first, and it totally screwed up my memory <laughs> of this movie. And mm-hmm. like, I had to, re-watching it this time, I had to undo a lot of like what I thought yes. happened. And like, obviously the things that I thought happened in this movie <laughs> were from Scary Movie. Um, but today we're not talking about scary movie. We're talking about Scream. Uh, the scr- Scream from 1996 was actually originally developed under the title Scary Movie by uh, aspiring screenwriter at the time, Kevin Williamson, who was inspired to write an 18-page script treatment about a young woman alone in a house who's taunted over the phone and then attacked by a masked killer inspired by the Gainesville Ripper, who I'd never heard of. Uh, in Gainesville, Florida, an American serial killer murdered five students over four days in late August 1990. So decade-wise, that would have put this right in like, okay, 1990, take him about six years. To, mm-hmm. Well, maybe not to write it, but to sell yeah. it, certainly. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's just what happened. In June 1995, he put Scary Movie, the script, uh, out on sale for bid. And it sounds like, like I don't know what the, the uh, landscape was like in 1995, but the mm-hmm. way that the my research shows is that his agent had to put it up on some like bidding board. And then he wow. went on vacation or whatever for a weekend. <laughs> what a dream. Yeah, yeah, he put it up on Friday. Went to sleep, woke up on Monday, and there was a massive bidding war over this. And it was eventually purchased by Miramax. Uh, but uh, one of the another one of the biggest... Ah, oh, man, I didn't write this down. But it was really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> script was purchased by Miramax after producer Kathy Conrad read the script and felt that it was exactly what Bob and Harvey Weinstein of the fledgling Dimension Studios, then a part of Miramax, were looking for. So yes, Dimension Films, which made a lot of my favorite horror films, was mm-hmm. unfortunately pioneered by the late Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Not the late... <laughs> <laughs> The the not-so-great Harvey Weinstein, yes. Um, But Wes Craven was eventually secured as a director after Drew Barrymore signed on at Mm. her own request. I'd never heard of this, but she heard that that. the script was circulating around, so she, just like you, reached out and said, I want to be in this movie. I want to play the lead. And so they gave it to her. So before Nev Campbell was cast, Drew Barrymore was going to play Sydney. Wow. What a dynamic. Oh, my God. And so in April 1996 (laughs) through June 96, filming Mm -hmm. took place over about two months. And eventually the title was changed from a scary movie to Scream by Bob Weinstein. Craven spent about two months editing the final product. And here we are with Mm. Scream in uh, in 2016. In 1996. (laughs) Got a lot of dates bouncing around here. But as I mentioned, Drew Barrymore was supposed to be the lead she had Mm. it doesn't say specifically what but she had scheduling conflicts Mm. so Mm -hmm. they quickly uh made her thankfully they hadn't shot very much Mm -hmm. so they reorganized it so that she would be casey in the Mm -hmm. beginning which it seems like a Mm no-brainer yeah i agree yeah because it's so like like, psycho yes exactly to have a way more prominent lead person in the beginning get killed right away exactly and have the audience go what what am i doing what what is this movie going to be yeah yeah totally it's yeah. like, um, uh, it's frankly, spoiler alert, Endgame. Have you mm-hmm. seen Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame? When they yes. cut Thanos' head off, and it's just like, what is this yeah, movie now? Yeah, I was now? like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that that had actually happened, that they're like going to go back in time, and yeah. Yeah, I remember having a bunch of a bunch of thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, the movie was originally going to be released as NC-17, which is 
famously a uh, no-no for films. In America here, at least, NC-17 is a death sentence for horror films. Uh, there's G, PG, PG, 13, R, and oh. then this mystical realm of NC-17. Oh, we don't even have that. So yeah, no, R movies are, uh, anyone can come in mm-hmm. under the age of 18 if they have a parent. NC-17 is no one under the age of 17 with or without a parent can come in. A few movies that have been released with that are Mad Max, the original mm-hmm. Mad Max. Uh, back then it was an X rating, um, <laughs> which was like a publicity stunt. It was like, ooh, this one's super like gory or yeah, super sexy. Like, porn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. like Grindhouse or yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. So eventually they had to whittle down a lot of scenes because of their intensity. But one that I thought was most interesting is the opening with yeah. um, uh, <laughs> opening. <in laughs> Steve. Drew yeah. Barrymore's slave body. Yeah. Uh, the MPAA was like, no, you can't, you can't show all of that. You're going to have to edit it. And uh, Wes Craven lied to them and said, we only have that shot. We only did one takes. Wow. We only did one take throughout the thing, so we can't edit it down. They're like, okay. So, I love that. What a genius. I love that. Yes. So we lied to them, yeah. yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Take risks. So Scream was released on December 18th, 1996 at the AMC Obco Theater here in Westwood, LA, opening in second against Beavis and Butthead, Do America. Can you believe it? <laughs> that is so funny. That the world, that the world, the way it was, MTV was on top of the world. Killing it, yeah. (laughs) Which is so ironic because Scream, the TV series, Mm -hmm. ended up being on MTV. Mm -hmm. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. Some of the other competing films at the time were Mars Attacks and Jerry Maguire. Oh, well, you know. Directed by Wes Craven. Gory Days listeners, if you don't know who Wes Craven is, shame on you. (laughs) He is a seminal director pioneering so many awesome horror films, just to name a few. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest, Freddy Krueger. The Last House on the Left, the original The Hills Have Eyes, The People Under the Stairs, and Red Eye with uh, Rachel McAdams and Killian Murphy, Mm -hmm. to name a few. Oh, my God. That was a great movie. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Really underrated. Yeah, really underrated. So, as I mentioned, it was written by Kevin Williamson. The effects team includes Howard Berger, Robert Kurtzman, who we've mentioned on the show before, and Gregory Nicotero, who we have not mentioned, music by Marco Beltrami. The movie stars mm-hmm. Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott, David Arquette as the hilarious uh, lieutenant or mm-hmm. sergeant oh, or... Deputy Dewey. Dewey, yes. that's a deputy. Yeah. <laughs> deputy Dewey Riley. Oh who I thought, uh, did, in my research, uh, David Arquette thought he was going... It was like a... like beefy yes, role like, like yeah. he was gonna be like yeah. macho man's man and when they cast him they rewrote it to make it more oh comedic for God. him i love that it's so great it's yeah. he's like this movie is touted as like a comedy horror but yeah. most of the comedy comes from dewey yeah. totally yeah yeah um so we've got david arquette courtney cox uh, as gail wait. weathers the uh uh like she's it's Gail weird she's supposed weathers. to be, i know That's yeah, her name. yeah. <laughs> she makes that comment later yeah, that, she like, does. i should she be a meteorologist be yeah exactly <laughs> think like the way this was written it feels so tongue-in-cheek at yes times. totally um like i said at the beginning it is kind of a, a simultaneous love letter and condemnation letter to mm-hmm. horror films because yeah. mm-hmm. explaining all of the tropes and uh especially yes. uh the uh, one character's rules of how to survive horror yeah. films exactly. but then falling right into them and still yeah. being a great horror film yeah literally. exactly there's even that scene where like she's on the phone and she's like yeah those girls with the big tits they always <laughs> run up up the stairs up the instead stairs. of out the front window and then <laughs> At the front window. <laughs> <laughs> that might work. Dad, I wish. Look, you know, no, but yeah, one. and then she yeah. does it. Like, it's, yeah. uh, I yeah. love or it. Or like when Jamie is, or um, uh, when Jamie Kennedy's character is yes. watching Halloween and he's, he's going like, turn around. Behind you. Behind you. 
Yeah. Yeah. The guy is the ghost face is standing right behind exactly. him. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. and as well having that camera in the um Yeah, there's several the layers. Yes, oh, exactly. Yes, so it's like delayed as well. So then yeah. if you're yelling at your TV at Kenny telling them Literally. he can't hear you yeah. to him yeah. yelling yeah. at Jimmy yeah. Kenny's so character. Good. Oh, it's Genius. Just delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So yeah. quick synopsis. If you haven't seen the movie, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Major <laughs> spoilers uh, ahead. But Casey and Steve are killed at the very beginning. <laughs> it's um Drew Barry more and this other guy they die <laughs> yeah. and that kicks off the events of us meeting sydney and billy her boyfriend and friends uh we've got Stu, uh tatum randy sydney billy uh, and billy yeah so yeah. that's the five of them that all mm-hmm. hang out we meet them long story short sydney gets harassed by ghostface over the phone the same person who killed casey and steve at the beginning but fingers billy as the mm-hmm. killer so they mm-hmm. take him into custody they apparently don't do much because he gets out like the next Straight day away, he's at school uh and uh, after sid punches gail in an amazing uh <laughs> yes. departure from the police station uh, she gets a call at Tatum's house. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it wasn't Billy because mm-hmm. was. the real killer's out there. Yeah. <laughs> Little do we know. <laughs> uh, so Billy's back at school, but school's closed because of uh, the the deaths of Casey and Steve. So after the principal gets killed, mm-hmm. it's party yeah. time. And yeah. for the last 40 minutes of the movie, <laughs> it is one long party. So yeah. it makes the synopsis pretty easy. Yeah. Tatum dies. Billy dies but then it turns out that the killers was two people it wasn't just billy like sydney thought it was billy and Stu. and billy's uh, reasoning for doing it is that her uh, i want to make sure i get my pronouns here right i can't just jump yeah. around sydney's mom mm-hmm. had an affair with billy's dad yeah. resulting in billy's mom leaving billy's dad <laughs> resulting in billy developing <laughs> resentment yes for Sydney, <laughs> yes, and took his revenge by this is the worst part by mm. raping and yeah. killing Sydney's mom. Waiting a year, mm-hmm. he's a monster. Like yeah, just absolutely. like the background, like fridge horror of his of, yeah. of his mind. Yeah. yeah, of his psychosis. <laughs> he waits a full year yeah. to kill her daughter again and mm-hmm. tie this knot. And and the worst part is that he he would have gotten away with it mm-hmm. if he had yeah. killed her because they were stabbing themselves mm-hmm. and uh, they said like, oh yeah, he didn't kill us because they left us for dead. Yeah. Um. But uh, the plan doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Sydney is able to get away. Stu is killed. Billy's killed. And uh, Gail is the hero. Yeah, it's kind of ironic because yeah. they set up Sydney to be like the the heroine at the mm-hmm. end, exactly. but really she's she's pretty ineffectual yeah. on her that's own. So it's true. Gail the one that yeah. takes all of the agency at the yeah. end. Damn right. And that's Scream. <laughs> yeah. So in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right off the bat, uh, the rules for surviving a horror movie that uh, I want to make sure I get his name right, right? Randy. Randy. Yeah, yeah. Randy Meeks, played yeah. by Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Is you may not survive a horror movie if you have sex, mm-hmm. say, I'll be right back, <laughs> ask who's there, or go out to investigate a strange noise. Mm-hmm. Does everybody in your film do this? Uh, <laughs> without spoiling anything? them some of them do some of them don't it seems like like to write a movie in the style or in the homage of 80s movies you can't ignore these these tropes Mm -hmm. these iconic moments Mm -hmm. of like oh i'm gonna do what you absolutely should not do yeah yeah and it's like what scary movie kind of takes to the nth degree when when one character is running i believe there's that scene where she has an option to pick a gun a grenade or a banana banana. she grabs the banana (laughs) 
god, and, yes. And yeah, it's just taking that because this movie really it does do that kind of humor, yeah. just yes. a lot more grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, totally. Like when Tatum, like the funniest death mm-hmm. is when Tatum thinks that it's uh, Stu, yes. her her boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, I yeah. guess they're, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. They, yeah. They're really only touching in the fountain yeah. scene. Yeah, otherwise, and then, yeah, yeah, he carries her off. But that yeah. scene where Tatum is in the garage and Ghostface comes out and she's like, oh, "What is this? <laughs> yeah. Am I supposed to be like the damsel in distress?" Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because the horror of it is that she has no idea, Mm -hmm. but the humor of it Mm -hmm. is that she's making light of it. So Mm -hmm. it's like, on first watching, you don't know how to feel. Mm -hmm. Am I supposed to be laughing? Am I supposed to be scared? Yeah. And it seems like the answer is both. I don't know. What do you think? Totally. Well, it's just like, obviously, we're pretty certain that it's it's not true, but... She, in in her reality, like, she's like, oh, it's just my idiot boyfriend mm-hmm. who always does jokes and bits. Yeah, so, like, exactly. In her reality, it's just like, of course she'd be bidding around with him. But yes. then cut to when she gets the cut on her wrist, she's like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. like, oh, what? Ah. And then, yeah, then she starts throwing the bottles at him. And yeah. then that's when her fear kicks in. So yes. I, like, as much as the audience the whole time, even when Knows she's like, happening. what, am yeah. I meant to do this? And he's, like, shaking his head. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you want me to run away? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah like... We've known that she should be feeling fear, but then yeah. obviously it took her a minute. But it's like, I think it is both funny mm-hmm. and like, oh my God, get your ass out of there. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, and I feel like that's a really hard tightrope to walk, both yeah. like screenwriting wise and directing mm-hmm. to instill like, it's lit in a really scary yeah. way. Mm-hmm. But once again, her performance is really like light. light. Yes, yeah. totally. Even like Absolutely. things like when she goes into the basement and the door closes mm-hmm. and she's like bending over to get the beers. Yeah. It's kind of just like, okay, what yeah. are they setting up? kind of thing but it was that comedy yeah like that cheeky element to it Mm -hmm. and I must say for me like I remember watching it and for a split second I thought oh maybe it is someone in costume like those two kids um, yeah you know that had dressed up at school I hate those kids like they're not doing it they're just screaming and running around just being a nuisance also just to interrupt like the scene where those kids get taken into the principal's office (laughs) and the principal when he has the scissors the sound it makes it like it's always the same sound effect Kills me. Really oh funny. my god. And that's Henry Winkler. Yes. yes. Oh, what a I legend. Love him. Yeah. Oh Who went god. uncredited in the movie because they didn't really? want to, yeah, because they didn't what? want to uh, show too oh, much on him. Yes. They wanted to make sure that the yeah. younger, uh, less them. popular cast that's is prominent. Really I love that. I love that. So even in the credits, he's uncredited. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really funny. But cool. yeah, that's really funny because uh, first he's like, you kids are expelled. Get out of yeah. here. Yeah. And it's like, what? And They're expelled? You're not, that's not fair. And he's like, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> what would be fair is if Shing, you cut up Shing and had your gut Shing, Shing, Shing. So funny. Who made that choice? Who yes. Made that choice? I want to know if it was him. Yeah. Like, I oh. wonder. Yeah, because like you think of Wes Craven directing mm-hmm. this film. Yeah. Like he is the one that created these tropes. Literally. So he's the one that's also mm-hmm. helming the deconstruction of them. It yeah. feels appropriate and also like weird in, in, in mm-hmm. that same yeah. uh, development. Mm-hmm. So did you know who the killers were? Did you have a good idea when you were watching it the first time? God, I, I had no idea. No, I had I no idea. I was pretty certain Billy, just because of his eyes, it just, I think he has shark eyes. He does. And like, oh, that yeah. is my analysis. I'm like, no, if Ski you have shark Ulrich eyes. definitely has that yeah. face. So I don't know. I definitely that thought him. Hair. Yeah. yeah, but then I couldn't understand um, like how he was getting away with it. Which then obviously, if you have a second person, yes, it, that's it makes how you it can. easier. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did not see Stu coming. But then one, like as soon yeah, as there's that moment where Stu. he holds the thing and he's like surprised, and yeah. he like then it's it like of sense. course. Yeah. Like, well, because they set it up early when the cell phone falls out of his yes, uh, pants. Yeah. That it's like oh, yeah. oh my. God. But I remember watching it and thinking, oh no, that it can't be him because that's too obvious. Like <laughs> right, and then um. 
um, Officer Dewey kept popping up every mm-hmm. time. Oh, and so yeah. it's like this. There's a couple of point things where they yeah. set up one of the police officers. Um, I believe it's, uh, uh, oh, do I have his name here? Yeah, Sheriff Burke, played mm-hmm. by yeah. Joseph Whip. Mm-hmm. He has the same boots as the uh, bathroom. Yeah. In the yes. bathroom yeah. When the ghost face Goes comes down. down and drops his uh, like cloak or whatever, yeah. those exact same boots are what the police oh, officer, the exactly. sheriff's wearing, yeah. but it's a red herring. But yeah. there yeah. are a couple moments they like that when yeah. he's like totally. eyeing yeah. the evidence a little suspiciously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I remember it being Stu, but I did not remember who the other one was. So yeah. the whole time I thought it was Jamie Kennedy's character. I kept <laughs> expecting. And like, yes. I keep, it's this roller coaster ride with Billy it where is. it's like, it's definitely him. Oh, no, no it's, it's not. not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yes, it definitely is. It definitely is. And in yeah. the worst, hor- horrific way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that was something that the. Uh, producers wrestled with for a while that like there were two warring factions mm. of the production mm. half of them thought it was scarier if there was no motive for the killers half of them thought mm. it was really scary if there was a yeah. deep motive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so they really couldn't decide so they did both <laughs> they, gave, yeah, so they gave billy yes. a really deep motive and they give a uh, stew peer pressure yeah, when yeah. He's which yeah, is terrifying phone call. yeah i know, I know. the phone call on everything like, oh, you know. i never appreciated it so much mm compared to like now having written a horror and having to go through that moment like we wrote that horror in two weeks because we were given like a deadline yeah and the idea we had to have one full day where we just sat down and just recorded voice memos of us trying to put (laughs) these puzzle pieces together so everything would be knitted and like tie up these loose ends and i now it gives me like a new appreciation for watching those things i'm like all those little things you had to reach to be like oh they well, where were they? Like, mm-hmm. where, who were they with? What were they doing? Like, oh my God. And that's just a feature. Imagine writing an eight-season show exactly. like Game of Thrones and trying exactly. to tie all those yeah. up. What a oh nightmare. Oh my God. Exactly. Game of Thrones fans? Yeah. Maybe not Huge. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huge Game of Thrones. Talk about horror. Yeah. <laughs> Pull it out. Pull it out. Um, but yeah, having the no motive, like yeah. in, uh, mm. uh, I think it's The Strangers. Is that the mm. one where, mm. like, why are you doing this? And they yes. say, because you were home. Yeah. Yes. Like the big yes. ram line. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then the the other motive is also just as sickening mm-hmm. is is like the the calculated one year and it makes his little speeches so much grosser yeah. Yeah. at one point when he comes back from being in police custody he tells he's like mad at her for still mm-hmm. lamenting the death of his mom yeah or right. her mom yeah. and he's like yeah. you should get over it yeah. when my yeah. mom left my dad i got over yes. it and it's yeah. like that is she, completely you see her different face. she's like yeah. um <laughs> Your mom walked out. Yeah. She's not in go- the exactly. ground. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's so offensive, like, before you know he's the yes. one who killed yes. her. Yes, let alone at the end. Yeah, yes. like, what does she see in him? Yeah. Exactly. And he seems so horny the whole time, too. He has no interest. Yeah. yeah, like, he doesn't seem, like, connected to her at no. all. Yeah, it was, it was very stilted, yeah, that yeah. relationship. Yeah. And like, especially like the way I don't know. It seems so '90s mm. when they're all on the fountain. Like, Absolutely. it looks like yes. a, friends, exactly, yes. or like Clueless. Yes. Or yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh <laughs> Clarissa God, explains yes. it all. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh. So, uh, Billy Loomis's motive is uh, the maternal abandonment, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, again a trope in horror movies. Is the mm-hmm. idea that like, oh, I lost my mom. That made me psychic, mm-hmm. psychic, psychotic. psychotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but once again, it ties back to Psycho. The mm-hmm. the idea of this ma- maternal uh, uh, relationship being intrinsic to a person's uh, like mentality, Absolutely. and once it's severed, uh, they uh, go crazy. Especially mm-hmm. when it's a mother to son mm-hmm. uh, element. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 
yeah. that was a connection to Psycho that I didn't realize until mm-hmm. this moment. That's two so far. So cool. Yeah. Or we can dig up some others. Yeah. <laughs> um. So much like Psycho, mm-hmm. this movie casted. Uh. Oh well, actually, sorry. Like horror movies typically do, they will cast no names. Mm. Uh, pretty much up until this, the 80s genre, a lot of people got their start in horror movies. Johnny Depp's first feature film was A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon's first feature film was Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. A lot of these movies uh, have catapulted these people. So, uh, since horror is considered unsuitable for bigger names, since the films had lower budgets and typically got negative critical response, this movie was a shift from the teen slasher genre of the 80s when they cast Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the principal... <laughs> Henry Winkler. Thank you, Henry yeah. Winkler and uh, Courtney Cox yeah. uh, into these roles that it elevated the movie to this much higher uh, uh, element, which is yeah. what was so interesting is that they released it in December, mm-hmm. which is not a time that you would release horror movies no, typically. Yeah, Halloween. It's, it's yeah. when you release like family movies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah or, or, or maybe like Aladdin, like those big, yeah. big totally. temple pictures. Yeah. yeah, but this this was released kind of like as a gamble in mm. uh, yeah. December mm-hmm. by Bob Weinstein. Mm. And... It at first seemed like a really bad idea. In mm-hmm. the first weekend, it did not perform well. But Damn, that's kind of like the uh, bread and butter for a cult following. It's not yeah. supposed to do well when it comes out. Yeah. It picks up an audience Over as it time. goes. Yeah. yeah. So like Liev Schreiber, uh, mm-hmm. this is like one of his uh, first feature films. He doesn't even have a mm-hmm. speaking role. He plays Kate. Um, uh, who does he play? He plays the. Uh, uh, cotton weary uh, oh, in that yeah. one video oh, that we yeah. see of the, yes, the guy who was accused of uh, killing and raping yeah, Sydney's right. mom. That's Liev Schreiber. Yeah. yeah. Who I love. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in um, Spotlight. Did you guys see Spotlight? Yes. So good. That was the one about the Boston yeah. Spotlight uh, uh, and um, shedding light on the uh, priest uh, child penar- oh, uh, pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got to see yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Really Mark Ruffalo does a great job. Oh, yes. I love him. But we're not talking about that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, much like killing off Marion Crane, played by Janet Lee in Psycho, they kill off Drew Barrymore in this, and uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, it's a shame that you can't do it anymore without people going, oh, Psycho. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm trying to think like there's got to be a way. Uh, have you seen Hereditary? We covered Hereditary yeah. on this most recently. Yes. And no, um, I that. oh, well, then, I won't spoil it for you because yeah, the, the, you should. Yeah, because okay. the one Tony event Collette? that I'm, yeah, oh she's incredible. Because the one event that I'm thinking of, yeah, yeah is, is, is like that. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Without spoiling anything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting is that the director of photography was fired a week before the film was finished filming. What? Uh, director of photography Mark Irwin, who's still credited as the uh, DOP yeah. for this film, was fired during the filming of the finale at night, the, the night yeah. uh, party thing, a week before principal photography was supposed to be completed. Upon review of the dailies, yeah. uh, for listeners who don't know, dailies when you're uh, creating a product uh, every day when they're done, they'll give you like this rough cut of what you've created that day. Those are called the dailies. And when he watched those, Craven found that the footage was out of focus <gasps> and completely oh unusable, oh. wasted hours of crew time. And so Irwin was told, you need to fire your film crew. And Mark Irwin said, you can't fire them. You'll have to fire me too. So they did. (laughs) And they replaced him with Peter Durning, who finished the film. Wow. But yeah, I thought like, could you imagine? 
Do you imagine being this deep into a yeah, production? Yeah, one week away. Oh, uh-huh, one week away. Oh. Everyone is like, like, uh, probably on wit's end. Yes, they're, exactly. they're all ragged. They're yeah. all looking forward to ending this. And this dude has wasted probably like a day or two of people's Ooh. time. Oh my god! And this was the night shots too, where they had to yeah. end at dawn. Sometime, they couldn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. so good for you, Mark Irwin. I, yeah. I wonder if he's still working out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. he burned his bridges. Wow. Yeah. Um. One other thing I thought was strange is that they never give Dewey a moment to mourn his sister's death yeah i thought so too actually yeah Yeah, i know they're they're shown really close several times and And it's like never brought up even like the sequel like never in the whole series like yeah because dewey comes back yeah exactly and that was that was the thing too is that um in the scenes where dewey there was a shot where uh 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 Weathers, Gale Weathers yes. collapses onto Dewey. Yes, um, yes. He's not breathing there because in the script and in fact during filming, he was supposed to be dead. The decision <sighs> to keep him alive was really late as mm-hmm. a way of like, and it's still kind of left up in the air in the film because yes. yes. they didn't know whether they yes. wanted to bring him back or not for the mm-hmm. sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, Scream 2 was greenlit before this movie was out of theaters. Oh, so they brought yeah. him back. Hell yeah, they did. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, that brings God. me to the legacy of this film. It sounds like you've seen them, Scream yeah. 2 and 3. I oh, yeah. And oh, four? Yeah, absolutely. And they all tie, like, yes, unlike like Friday the 13th mm-hmm. or Nightmare on Elm Street, they're all one cohesive story, mm-hmm. and they all feature Nev Campbell, yep. Sydney, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, what, what happens, generally? Oh, my God. Okay, so let me get this right. Yeah, the second I'm one, to think... she's in college, and so, like, it's her doing her theater degree That's and everything right. like that. The third one, they're making the movie about it. Well, they're making, uh, yeah, the Stab. Yes. The Stab series, so then they have, like, yeah. body doubles. Like, each of them has their character and then who's playing them <laughs> okay and there's like a lot of going on to like hollywood backlots and stuff like it's mm-hmm. a lot of that and then their characters start getting killed off and then the fourth one it's like it's sydney's niece played by emma roberts yeah oh. like her group that was of the friends. 2011 one right? yeah yeah because it was meant to be just a trilogy right and then they mm. brought it back like yeah. in, in 2011 i remember the ads that. for it yeah yeah, yeah. Oh my god, such a fun one. Because that mm. one's got like a stellar cast yeah, of exactly. people as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's her group of friends and then her being her auntie coming in and being like, Oh my god, I've been through this. I've been yes. through the Woodsboro murders. Yes. Like even the beginning of the fourth one, they play on they show like different clips of the stab movies, which yes. is the their the film. Screen. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, screen. Exactly. Um but there's so many like false endings. So you're like, okay, it's starting and then it's like, nope, cut to like stab one. Like it's just the trailer. <laughs> That's so meta. Yeah. It's so fun. Oh my yeah. god. Like, That's so yeah. funny because it sounds a lot like Wes Craven's new nightmare. Yeah. Where they exactly. pull the camera back and exactly. it's like, okay, we're making the now movie. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. So it's like throughout consistently mm-hmm. they play into the same tropes but different tropes yes. in like such fun different ways for each individual film which I mm. loved about it. Like, I just loved it. I think yeah. it's interesting, too, that Wes Craven directed every movie in the franchise, which mm-hmm. is unheard of yeah. for a horror yeah. movie franchise. Yeah. So it, it really is a seamless, yeah. uh, uh, tight like a cycle, story. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, some of the pre-Scream horror films, like, uh, or I'm sorry, post-Scream horror mm-hmm. films, this movie inspired a brand new uh, subgenre of mm-hmm. horror where horror comedy was was part and parcel. Mm-hmm. Uh, movies like Bride of Chucky came out mm-hmm. in 1998, mm-hmm. introduced this level of comedy to the Iconic, series. Yes. Yeah, that, that mm-hmm. wasn't there before. Um, I Know What You Did Last Summer is mm-hmm. basically oh, this movie. Yes, love Freddy that Prince, one. Prince yeah. Jr. Hi. Oh. Yeah. 
Oh, so good. That would have been another good movie to talk yeah. about. Yeah, look, Makes if it wasn't time. my second adoption, like, I, I swear, <laughs> I was so close. Okay, so we got Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, what's yeah. third? Oh, God, oh. I, look, I love Cabin in the Woods. I know you mm-hmm. briefly I mentioned it before. Yes. Because, like, whoa, what a twist oh, that I did not I see coming. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Uh, and then finally, the TV show in 2015 mm-hmm. uh, on MTV, you can now find on Netflix, yes. ran for two seasons. Hell yeah. Um, and then there was a post-show discussion called Scream After Dark. Did you Ooh. ingest any of those? I, I, I saw Scream the TV series, a Bellathon basically playing like the Drew Barrymore of the first yeah. scene, like she's out. But Bella from uh, Twilight? No, Bella no. Thorne. Oh, Bella Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, a role I did not see for her, but when she did it, I was like, oh my God, yes, queen, get it. Like being yes, the first queen. death, I love that. But yeah, no, I liked... It was a very, I thought it was a really interesting Mm -hmm. take on like such an iconic series to bring it into like a more modern, like specifically teen audience. I thought Mm. they really handled it well, but like, obviously it wasn't the same because it's a TV series, but I, I, I did enjoy it. And like the gore that they brought, I really liked. Well, it's so. interesting as a series because it seems like with each one, there's an opportunity to elevate the humor, the mm-hmm. meta, and yeah. the rules and to yes. like update them for like, mm-hmm. well, now we've all seen Scream, so how have movies adapted yeah. to that? Exactly. And Even like the technology stuff, like yeah. how yeah. cell phones are used as opposed to like their like yes. home phone. Right. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it was very, very interesting. In that's fact, so that's true. like um, when his cell phone pops out, that's yeah. why it's such a oh my gosh yeah. moment because at the time, not, not everyone had, had yeah, a cell phone. Yeah, rich to like have a cell phone. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, most interesting, that series uh, on MTV is coming back. Um, a six-episode oh. third and final season scheduled wow. to premiere in 2020. Wow. Oh I just God. love that it's still going on. Like, me too. Like, even, like it's so funny. I remember when this series, we were waiting for this series to come out. And mm. me and my best friend Jay from back home, who, like, he's the one who got me into horror everything. Like, he was messaging me about it. And we were just messaging. And we, like would watch an episode as it was coming out and like then send voice memos yeah, to each other like opinions yeah. let's talk about it <laughs> who do we think's the killer like <laughs> it, because it wasn't just like a one and done film like yeah. we had that like time in between to be like here's our Digest predictions it. which yeah. was interesting because you don't mm-hmm. really get that in a film unless you're watching it together through yeah. this like one, yeah, one and a half hour like yeah. you know so that was a really fun experience. It is yeah. fun because it is a mystery. Yeah, it's, uh, totally. And like a mystery, uh, like Murder on the Orient Express, there's mm-hmm. multiple killers. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, that yes. uh, of course, you're not going so to true. assume that it's multiple people. No. That it's the one voice. Exactly. It's yep. obviously a person we don't mm-hmm. know because of that yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though when they start accusing each other, I don't know, what did you think? Because the voice obviously didn't match any of them. Did you think it was a voice recorder at the time? I didn't think that technology no, existed. No, I didn't think that either. Yeah. I, no. I don't know if it did. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a movie. We made it work. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I, I... No, because I remember watching it and thinking it had to be an older person. Yeah. It, like, the voice, with a deep voice. Yeah. Like the, the police chief. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. So I was like, this all makes sense. He keeps rocking up Mm-mm. at the same time, you know, when shit's going down uh-huh. oh, yeah. and then once they whipped out the little oh, voice changer sneaky, game changer sneaky, I remember yeah. like I was so excited because me and my friend Jay got like the apps that you can do and it's like <laughs> oh, I, voice yeah changes. we would all the time in high school like call each other and be like what's your favorite scary movie <laughs> and then it's just be like we're the yeah. lamest people in the last but no yeah it's iconic so yeah, yeah. I remember watching the opening scene and like the trivia questions that he gives mm-hmm. and being so yes. proud of myself yes. for knowing that it was Pamela Voorhees in the first yes. Jason, uh, Friday the 13th and not yes. Jason yes. and I remember watching it now and going like oh was there more trivia what's the next question yes, that's yeah. it it's just that's that's it. It. Yes. 
And yes. I would have loved to have seen like like some more of oh if she gets it wrong maybe he mm-hmm. breaks the breaker yes. turns out the lights yeah. if he well, gets it right yeah in the fourth one they do it with what's her name Hayden um, oh Hayden Pentier from yeah. Heroes they, yeah. she gets like a scene like that where she's having to mm-hmm. defend someone and she gets a bunch Multiple, of different questions yeah. and it, she's like a horror fanatic like oh that's fun it yeah. feels very Saw in the do we yeah. want to play a game yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. and I have to exactly. imagine that this inspired James Wan Lee Winnell's thing sure. in some way totally yeah yeah of course now he's doing Aquaman in the trench Oh, yes. uh, so the deaths themselves in this movie are not that gory they're mm-hmm. not that bloody mm-hmm. and it's what makes it like uh, it's what makes this movie feel not like a slasher at some times mm-hmm. where the blood and stuff is just like like just, like when you said uh, Tegan or Tegan Tatum man I've got a lot of characters here I've got a lot of notes okay yeah Tatum gets her arm cut and it's yeah. just like yeah that one just little like, line, line. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. and even when they find her body mangled and stuff yeah. it's, it's not it's that it's just yeah. not blood it's just like her head's kind of yeah, yeah. which is it's ironic bad. for Wes Craven who famously killed Johnny Depp with an ocean yes. of blood, blood. Yes. up yes. on the roof exactly yeah so I, I couldn't decide because obviously this wasn't written by him in the same way mm-hmm. that uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was this was written mm-hmm. by Kevin Williamson but he had this a- attachment to mm. it because of the tropes. I don't know. It's just like as a director. I'm not a director, but mm-hmm. I wonder as a director, like, <laughs> it sounds like he was having a lot of fun poking yeah. fun at himself. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, yes. so that, that comes through, I guess yeah. is what I'm just trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of the themes of this movie, uh, specifically being young, dumb, and full of it, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> are prevalent. Uh, like when they go to the video store yeah, and uh, yeah. Randy Meeks is being just a, just a yeah. <laughs> an asshole to his customers yeah, yeah. and to Billy uh, or is it Stu at the time? Um, he's doing it to Stu he's talking and it to Billy Stu. pops up. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that they're just a bunch of dumb kids in the yeah. same way that like Cabin in the Woods is. That they're just mm-hmm. setting them up. Basically, the whole movie is just to get them to the party at the yes, end. Exactly. And kill them all yes. one by one and yeah. to introduce Gail. Yeah. Um, who feels... She, she's like inserted in this movie and she feels like it, the, the characters even respond to her in a way that it's like, you don't belong yeah, in this movie. Why are you yeah. here? What are you yeah. doing here? But that's what's so great about yeah. it. It's the, the vendetta between yes. her and Sydney. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so oh. good. Yeah. Absolutely divine. And as well, like you, you want to hate Gail at the start because she's just so annoying mm-hmm. and, you know, these kids and are going invasive. through so much. Yeah. And then in the end when she's, you know. <laughs> she's the queen. She's yeah. the hero. Yeah. Oh, You're like, God. yes. Get and it, it comes it out of nowhere because you thought she died. Yes. Yeah. It's great. And the balls that she has when she's just gone through all this and she's just like, all right, let's get the cameras ready. Yeah. <laughs> she's a professional. Yeah. She and really an author. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's a business woman. That's right. Yeah. She really is. Yeah. yeah. Why? Well, uh, and it's a shame that she's mocked so heavily by everyone because totally. she is the woman with the most agency in this yes. movie. Yeah. When yeah. she wants something, she gets it done. Exactly. Uh, when someone stands in her way, she shoots them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And she can even take a punch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. Nev's right hook is, but it must yeah. be strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's the most impressive woman in this yeah. movie, which is a shame because she's at, she's a bit part. She's a yeah. supporting character. Mm-hmm. Nev's character, Sydney, is the main uh, character. And yeah. like I said earlier, she really just has things happen to her. Exactly. She really doesn't do that much. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I wanted to bring up is uh, from a writing perspective, like the responsibility one feels... It, it came up last time. My last episode, I talked about uh, Heathers, and that was mm-hmm. written by a man and directed by a man. And mm-hmm. it was something that, like, I thought about that now we have the in 2019 and hopefully the forever in the future we yeah. have this uh, 
um, requirement, a compulsion to have our stories portrayed by the people who, who have lived them. If you're mm. going to have a disabled person on screen, mm -hmm. they should be portrayed by a disabled person. Damn if you're right. going to have a woman on screen, ideally they should have been written by a woman. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about that? No, absolutely. I the Once I started writing, because these are all things we know. Like It should be a woman writing a woman's story. It should be someone right, talking know. from mm -hmm. their truth. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I started that it's like you start to realize how important it is. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, like I this whole project started from me meeting with my friend Alex Brown, who's the guy who's mm -hmm. kind of gotten us into all these projects. And I just wanted to film a short where it was a bigger woman. I'm a bigger woman. You don't see me, but I am. Um, I'm just killing it. Um, but yes, you are. Yeah. Like, I just wanted a role for a bigger woman in a comedy where she could be, like, funny and lovable, but also kind of like a final girl, mm. like, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. And he, like, we were just going to do yeah. a short. And then because we happen to have so many international friends who are trying to stay in the U.S., get their visas, and we need work to stay in the country, we just decided to make a feature. And bring in all of our international friends and give them roles so that it could help them. And once again, we could try and break certain types while also mm -hmm. keeping certain like horror tropes. Exactly. You For know? instance, I'm terrified of writing a woman. Like if I were to sit down and write, I've, I've started to adapt, adopt this, this uh, style of writing my characters as just character one, yeah. character two, mm -hmm. and then the relationships can come like incidentally, but that doesn't affect their gender. Yeah. Like yes. a daughter can be anything. Totally. A son, like all of that. Yes. And so, but at the same time, is that, I don't know. I, I feel like that's the right thing to do, but, mm -hmm. but it, I run into problems with it too. And it, it feels like no matter how much research mm -hmm. you do with someone who's experiencing that, yeah. it still feels like you're telling their story. Mm -hmm. totally. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like when you're portraying a woman? Like, mm -hmm. do, you, do you feel a responsibility to make sure that she's not like hysterical or whatever? Mm -hmm. Of course, the writing is going to decide yeah. that, but your performance totally. is informed by it. Yeah. And I think it's what's been really interesting about working in the industry is that um, for me personally, I've been getting quite a few different cast types. So sometimes oh. I sometimes I play the more tomboy kind of role, and then other times um, I play the kind of more uh, like a dumb kind of blonde type. Mm -hmm. But you're right; you have to kind of remain truthful to the character and not play like stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm a female, and you know, um, the writer might have said, "Oh, look." you know, personality-wise, she's a dumb blonde, you still have to kind of find the female truth, if that yeah. makes sense. And that seems Absolutely. so challenging. Yeah, Because it it's Absolutely. so much easier to fall into stereotypes yeah. and just totally. be what you've seen on, like, SNL or Mad mm -hmm. TV yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, other movies that have perpetuated this negative idea yes. of mm -hmm. what a dumb blonde is mm -hmm. capable and not capable of. Exactly. Yeah. But sometimes when you do find all those layers within a character, that's what makes it amazing. Yeah. Mm. When someone you're okay, look, they might be seen as the dumb blonde, but actually there's so much deeper that's happening and there's a reason that they've that they've become that way. Like even back to Scream with Billy, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, ha, ha, with his intention behind it, that's created his whole um, experience of becoming an adult and, you know, going from his childhood to becoming this psychotic um being. Yeah, you know? And that's something I've always admired from the performance standpoint is mm -hmm. like, I, I I don't think I could do that. Like, in my face and in my body and stuff is put forward the things that aren't written on the page. Is mm -hmm. all of those in-between things that it's mm -hmm. your job and not necessarily the writer to, to invent mm -hmm. for you. Like, when you say the character is, you know, 
uh, is Billy, 25, dumb blonde. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's all you're given. Yeah. And it's your job to kind of like inform that totally. as she is a three-dimensional character, even if she's just going to, you know, mm-hmm. bump into something or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't exactly. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a shame you're getting typecast. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you're getting cast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, where was I going to go with that? That was a really good discussion. I can edit this out so I don't sound stupid. <laughs> Uh, so I had a fun segment that I wanted to play with you too. Oh, um, it's a little right. segment that I like to call "Who Killed Who, Billy or Stu?" Oh my god! Okay, timeline. Here we go. On this segment of "Who Killed Who, Billy or Stu," I am going to list murders, and my guests are going to decide who committed those murders: Billy or Stu. Murder number one: Casey and Steve. Um, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was coordinated. I because think so too. Billy yeah. arrived after that, after the killing. Exactly. Someone had to be on the phone while. Yeah, I think it was a, a dual job. Yeah. I think Stu was probably outside doing the killings, but I think Billy was inside. I think so too. Yeah. I, think I think there's definitely. Uh, I mean, there's an answer here, but oh, damn. <laughs> oh my god! But I definitely think yeah that um, when uh, Billy is like. One of them has to be throwing the chair through the window. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of them has to be tying up Steve back exactly. there. But the other one is in the house when Absolutely. he's chasing after her. Yes. And then it definitely takes two people to hoist Drew Barrymore up. up into exactly. a tree. And that quickly as that well. That fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what it's heavily implied is that yeah. uh, the ghost face that's seen running around the house after the chair is thrown mm-hmm. it, uh, was the one in the back that came from the back of the house. But after mm-hmm. uh, Casey's stabbed and choked, yeah. when she removes his mask... She She's like she has this look on yeah, her face. It's like I recognize I you. you. It's Stu because they uh, were dating. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A throwaway line. Yes. Yeah, with Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. Sydney's house attack. Oh my god! The first time that someone breaks into her yes. house and then Billy pops up at the window and drops the cell phone. Who was chasing her? God, I want. Did Billy quickly change that oh, fast within I seconds? Say, I want to say Billy. I want to say he's got it in him. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, I wanna say I'm going to say Billy. I think so too. Yeah. I think it was Billy. Uh, no, no, I think it was Billy who called. But yeah. I think Stu was the one in the house. So, you think it was coordinated? Oh, all yeah, I think the Stu time. was there running around. Not all the time. Because oh. <laughs> here we go. Uh, this one, uh, Sydney's bathroom attack. Mm, why, which why, one? Which one's that? Yeah. <laughs> when she gets the when she oh, takes... oh when she's in the school the oh, school yeah, bathroom yeah. Um, where he never actually chases her no, he just yeah. kind of steps down from the stalls That's right. and then surely it's Stu because she runs into Billy yes yes, yes. nice yes. you guys are good at this <laughs> Principal Hembry's murder oh who killed uh, Principal Hembry God okay let me think where people were yes I mean they just talked um, that happened straight after okay yes yeah, so um. I mean, Billy was at the school. I don't know where Stu was. But it's got to be Stu, right? Maybe it was Billy because he just, he just, she ran off from him. That's true. So he was in the school. So I think it's Billy. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because Stu walks out with Tatum and Sydney. And then he does this look like, I'm going to do something suspicious. Mm. But there was no time that he could have gone back in. Yeah. Yeah, So it's Billy that kills him. And I thought it was interesting. That murder wasn't initially in the script. Uh, it was suggested because there was like 30 pages with no deaths. <laughs> yeah. And someone was yeah. like, there should be a it death here. Be, yeah. So they slipped it in. We, but it ended up solving a major mm, plot issue, yes. which is how do we get all the kids out of the party? Mm-hmm. How do we keep it to just the core? So mm-hmm. it's, they hear about the murder. And it's so weird. They uh, hear about the murder. They're all clearly too drunk to drive. Yes. And then they all just they get just in their car. Up. But yeah. where? They're like, oh, let's go see the yeah. body? Yeah. yeah. That's what they're like. Kids oh, but. Before the cops see yeah. that is so yeah. messed up. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> my God. Um, so Tatum's murder. 
Oh, okay. Ooh, um, okay, uh, who's out? Stu? No, Stu's so like, Stu's I'm going to go in, get a beer. Yeah. Oh, no, he's like, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Um, oh, my God, okay, because what happened? Where's Billy at this point? Billy? Well, he hasn't arrived. Uh, wait, okay, he arrives, goes upstairs. He's about to fuck Sydney. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, my God. So it's got a- I want to say Stu. Yeah, I want to say Stu, Stu. Because at that same time, Billy's upstairs with Sydney, right? Well, according to IMDb, Shit. Billy later shows up and gives oh, Stu a yeah. face signal that oh, is that he killed that he Tatum. Killed Tatum. Oh, nice. oh, okay. That's what I wanted to oh, say. My oh, and that's Toby. Hi, a cat has just walked into the room. So I'm excited. Hi. Our studio cat has come up and he's okay, probably. <laughs> cat thing I've ever seen yeah, like walking on oh, you guys are good okay bye too much attention <laughs> yeah um that's what I wanted to bring up when we we're talking about performance uh-huh. is uh Ski Ulrich as uh Billy um after you've seen the film and yes. know what you know mm-hmm. his performance is a completely different performance Absolutely. every little look Subtlety. he gives yeah so good yes. and that's the kind of stuff you're talking about totally. is he had to know that obviously from point one from action and be yeah. able to portray that kind of like subtlety that would make educated viewers go, hmm, hmm. something's not something's right. But the yeah. layman just just enjoy it. Yeah. Exactly. That's the art. That's yeah, that's, that's totally. Yeah, that's the thing that I I don't think I could do. I have a lot of reverence <laughs> for, for good actors. Uh, Billy's fake murder. Oh my after God. they have sex and so, well, yeah, it's got to be Sue, right? Yeah, surely. <laughs> Sorry, not to say no, duh. no, no, no. Yeah, uh, Kenny's murder. Oh my God, Not Kenny. Jesus, but yeah, Kenny. Yeah. Kenny, when he's in <laughs> Kenny, Kenny. the cameraman. The cameraman. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Okay, well, um, well if we how, th- I think if Stu was back at the house, because at that point, Billy would have been upstairs yeah. with Sydney. Stu had been in the house. I'll be right back. And then, so surely it's got to be Stu. Yeah, it's got to be Stu. Because it, that lines up with the timeline of... I'm thinking, right? Yeah, since Stu claims that Gail died when she crashed into a tree with the news van after mm, finding yes. Kenny's dead body, it's most likely that Stu stuck around the area in front of the house mm-hmm. even totally. after Sydney got away. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so, Dewey's attack. Oh my god, okay. Deputy wait, oh, Dewey. Oh, he comes out with a knife in the back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh god, okay, who was in the house? Bill- Billy. Billy. Surely, yeah. 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 He hears Dewey's yell, puts on the costume, goes downstairs, yes. stabs him, chases Sydney, either goes through a window or the garage to pretend that nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then the last one on here is uh, her dad's abduction, Neil Prescott. Yeah. He never got to the hotel. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Okay. So that was... Yeah, because when they find the car, that they're like, oh, very... he hasn't left. Yeah, so like he was abducted. Early. I reckon probably Billy then, because Billy, well, had, remember he snuck in the window when the dad was like, totally. Um, I'm going off for this weekend trip or whatever. So it must have been Billy when he jumped back out the window. Yeah, I want to say, but then wasn't he brought in, like into jail? No, not at that not... point. No, that wasn't. That was uh, Billy's dad. Billy, yeah. Late, later on. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, but like Billy would have been in jail. Was that around the time when he was being abducted? No, no I think the <laughs> I think the abduction happened earlier. Like, like right, right as right she left the, the house because yeah. the car was like not far from their house. So do you reckon both of them could have done it then? Because like even to take down yeah. like you one would have man, to like that's surely true. like yeah. it would be yeah. too risky to just do that's true man yeah. on man, you know, <laughs> unless you were like unless you were prepared. Unless you were like, the Hulk, yeah. But what's interesting is that their plan was to frame him as yeah. the killer. Yeah, was that and it kind of like I said, it makes total sense. Yeah, it would have worked out. Yeah, from a police like uh, okay, yeah, done and done. Is yeah. that the, the father or the husband was crazy? 
crazy and yeah. he killed the daughter yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah and all these other kids yeah. yeah um so it's something that i like to ask people oh and that concludes our segment <laughs> hey! uh, who killed who Billy or Stu? So let's, see. let's see how many points did you get uh, one so point uh, two, okay. oh. Uh, oh 900 points congratulations <laughs> Um, uh, well, great. Now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's everything Amazing. that I have here. Um, um, was there like things that you wanted to bring up, please? Well, I just have this wild story, um, that happened to me. Um, so my sister, my older sister was having a sleepover watching Scream. Okay. And I think they were going to get through, I can't remember how many Screams were out at this point, but I probably was, I can't remember how old I was, but I was like watching the film, um, with the girls and we had a scream mask from the following oh Halloween <laughs> and my mom went outside the window oh my as God. we Iconic. were watching no. scream with a knife and just like tapped at the window your mom I know <laughs> wild <laughs> and yeah and like I knew it was my mom so I was oh. just laughing <laughs> but the other girls at the sleepover like a few of them were like in tears yeah, one of them was Aww. like I've got to go home like oh my god oh my god how old were you I, I, Were you like kids? Yeah, I mean, old enough for this movie. Old enough, like I would have been eight when the film eight? came out. Oh. But then they would have been. It was probably like the the girls were probably like twelve Teenage. or thirteen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, still, so still teen. young, young teen. Wow! Oh my god! <laughs> R.I.P. Your mom has a sadistic sense of humor. But it was That's the best thing ever. Because yeah. now all the girls like they keep talking about that night and they look back on it and laugh. Mm, you know, I'll so puts character on you. I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, that brings up. An interesting point is yeah. the uh, like uh, real world effect mm-hmm. of scream like the costume exists yeah. and yeah. it exists in the movie so exactly. that there's this element of horror that comes with that because yeah. it's supposed to be a crappy costume yeah. they even show it in the movie that if you can buy it. Can get it yeah. yeah and it looks like it's you know made of like that weird polyester yeah. or whatever in the Halloween second costumes. one they're literally yeah. like handing them out at the movie theater <laughs> yeah. oh. stab one like everyone is get, getting handed these costumes everyone's wearing these yeah. costumes Ooh, the that's first death is like yeah, Jada Pickett Smith I think because you have yes. no idea literally yeah. First, like the first death mm-hmm. in everything, like every single one is obviously iconic. But hers is like she's at the cinema in front of all these people. Like she has to yeah. walk on stage as she's just been stabbed by her boyfriend yes. next to her, supposedly. Yeah. But it's just it's the killer in the yeah. mask. Think exactly. it's part of the show. They think like everyone's dressed in the same that's costume. Yeah, everyone's like, it's so good. And she's like so holding good. up blood. Everyone's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's so delicious. Oh, that makes that oh, gives me chills. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I never had the costume, but I had a friend who had the version where like you pumped something and blood would come <gasps> oh, down the front no. of it. Yeah. I don't know if that ever made it in any of the films, wow. but uh, yeah. Wow. But unfortunately, it was a thing where um a couple of real world murders happened, oh, and the people mm-hmm. uh cited this movie as inspiration. Yeah. Totally. And so, like, again, from like a performance mm-hmm. or writing standpoint, where is like the line for like what, what? How did my creation inspire exactly inspire yes. evil in mm-hmm. the real world? Mm-hmm. Like art affecting the real world in a mm-hmm. negative way. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's so it's very hard because mm-hmm. like obviously you want to get into the like even for us writing this and doing this was for the reasons in order to like help people and also put on something that we yeah. love like a genre we love but then yeah if you're dealing with anything like this like death like psychotic yeah. people it, you can't go into it not no not even not knowing but like just hoping yeah, that no one's gonna yeah it's very hard you know i i can't mm. even you, and and you don't have control over that. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. Like I think as well because I remember there. Do you remember when all the clown 
um, stuff. the clown yeah. stuff was, was happening. happening here, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it was around the time of it. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so you have no idea how that's going to translate into the real world and mm-hmm. how it's going to be received, whether yeah. it is good or bad. And unfortunately, yeah, with horror, it does have that element of mm-hmm. people taking it too far. And I guess um, my follow-up question is, should you? Like, how much mm-hmm. of a responsibility is it yeah. of you as a creator to, I mean... It's not like everything you should create should be wholesome and happy yeah. and should be spreading positivity out mm-hmm. in the world totally. because sometimes a deep horror oh, thing can still happen. exactly yeah. Every and day. it still brings positivity to yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, it can also you know inspire the the worst kind of people like absolutely. John yeah. Lennon or um uh what was Jodie Foster's yeah. like a shooter. These people there are, there are people out there who will take the best things that that yes. people have created and dismantle it. And in a way, that is art. Yeah, yes. that when yeah. you create mm-hmm. art and send it off into the world when you say you're done it's yeah, not yours it's anymore not, no. yeah it is yeah. for people to just run with and it's like god it, it you have so much responsibility but then also once it's done it's like there yeah. there it is yeah you know it's a yeah. standalone thing you know even as an actor it's one of those things um i can't remember who it was but an actor he was talking about that Back in the day, he used to be so upset when a film that he was in um, didn't make any money or it wasn't well received. And then I think it was um, Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Yeah. And he said that once I decided that the only thing I could control was my performance, that's when I really fell in love with acting. And actually, Mm. that's when other things started happening. But he kind of said that the only thing you have control only over a few things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same with a film. It's like you don't have any control about, you know, the box office ratings or marketing, or yeah. marketing anything like that. So all yeah. you can do is like be in the moment. Mm. I've um, always thought about that when you see posters for things and yeah. it's like um, maybe, uh, uh, I can only think of animated uh, examples right <laughs> now, but maybe the poster will be uh, just like a swath of the main characters and like some mm-hmm. big red and blue explosion. Yeah. And in the corner will be like, um, uh, uh, let's say Matthew McConaughey in yeah, the corner and he's like slide. looking like this yeah. and there's yeah. some explosion behind her or something it's like that was just a photo shoot like yeah. everybody's just telling him like, stand like this maybe stand like this yeah. he yeah. doesn't know which one they're going to pick and he doesn't know how big he's going to be exactly. on the poster and stuff totally. but if he's if he's uh-huh. racking his brain about that he's suffering he's exactly. driving himself crazy yeah and, and and you're right like even with takes of sometimes you'll do a take yourself and you'll be like oh yeah that was a great one and then in the editing they go with something that didn't resonate with you or they cut it before the great thing you did (laughs) yes and you have no control over that yeah you know but it is what it is yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our last segment on the gory days is we like to rate our films on a scale of one to five thumbs, one being the worst and five being the best. Uh, I guess we'll do individually. Georgie, mm-hmm. what did you think of Scream? I would say four and a half. Okay. Yes. And yes. Uh, typically we will award those thumbs to characters in the movie. So you can okay. split them up or you can give them all to one. Ooh. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> I'd probably give, I've got to say Billy, like how we discussed, like he, like for me, I'm looking at like the acting side sure, sure. And, as well. Um, I've got to give him probably two, two, and then Gail, the oh, Gail, she gets one, and then... Oh, who would you say? This is really hard. <laughs> I want to like go into like quarter thumbs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd probably Just to everyone in the cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd probably give half to um, Dewey. Nice. Yeah, Dewey. he just 
added so much. He carries yeah. a lot of the comedy. He There's did. that one yeah. scene where he reaches for the phone to go like, hello. hello. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, it's one of my favorite so moments. Oh my yeah. God. Look. Yeah. That's great. So four yeah. and a half thumbs. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Steph, what do you think of Scream? I'm going to go balls to the walls. Five thumbs. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. I just love Uh-oh, it. Oh, now you got five thumbs too. Uh, <laughs> tell me about it. Go. I know it. Okay. So I'm definitely going to give one each to Gail and um, Dewey. Nice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, they just carry the series so well. And they have yeah. a little romantic thing. Yeah, in the they yeah. do. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. um, those two, I think Stu is phenomenal for oh, the part yeah. that he plays. I think yeah. Matthew Lillard is just a genius. He like really mm-hmm. He honed that character that he had around that time mm-hmm. and just like ran with it and it was so great mm-hmm. um definitely one to billy and one to sydney as All well right. i think that's my yeah awesome yeah well thank you so much for bringing me scream yeah. i love this mm-hmm. movie yeah. and i'm going to give it three thumbs nice. thank you thank yeah. you totally. I, I could tell you liked it of and course. i like yeah. it too and i just have too many like questions and totally. to tell you the truth i fell asleep the first time <laughs> i watched it <laughs> So I had to go back <laughs> to the kids. But I'm glad I did because yeah. the scenes I missed were all about uh, 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 the um, Cotton Weary and stuff. Yeah. And was, it, it filled in all Made that background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> oh, I'm ashamed to admit that. But yeah, that, so I'm going to I give it three it. thumbs. Great. And uh, I'm going to give one of those thumbs to Sydney right out the yeah. uh, right out the gate because mm-hmm. she's great. She carries the whole movie. Yeah. Even if she doesn't do anything, she's still yeah. carrying the movie. Yeah, true. I'm going to give two thumbs to uh, uh, Gail Weathers, Courtney yeah. Cox, who is the real hero of this yes. movie yeah. yeah and and if uh this movie was remade i feel like it uh like without the scream two three and four all of it mm-hmm. just rebooted i feel like gail would need to be like elevated oh, way absolutely. more yes. yeah to give her more uh, to do yeah yeah because like how'd she learn how to use a gun obviously she doesn't know the safety but yes. she has a headshot on the yeah yes. right she does <laughs> and that scream so yes. uh, uh steph we'll start with you where can people find you online if they want to keep up with you or see more of what you're doing um well i'm currently working on my website it'll be up very shortly it's just gonna be www.stephbeaton.com um mm-hmm. but if you want to follow me on socials i'm at steph beaton on instagram or there's at getaway film mm-hmm. and i think that's about it for me <laughs> yeah awesome yeah. we'll be sure to we'll be sure to include those in the description amazing love yes. that you how about you georgie um so i have a website and it's just um georgiestormweight.com and same with Instagram and Facebook. It's just at Georgie Stormweight. And Georgie, I know, is not a very um, popular American name. So it's mm-hmm. G-E-O-R-G-I-E. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was going to say me, Steph. It's S-T-E-F. Crazy, I know. <laughs> no P-H here. No P-H yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming to the Gory Days. I hope yes. you had a good time. Yeah, Maybe we can have Kyle. you guys back on when oh, uh, that movie is that. coming out. Yes, we'll get away. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but until until then, thank you so much for listening. Stay scary out there. Days. Days.